Welcome to the Co-Creating Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe Pereira. Co-Creating Wellness is a platform for change for a new generation of health enthusiasts. Together, we'll explore ways that we can create agency and power around our health and the health of our planet. The Co-Creating Wellness Podcast is brought to you by my brand, Aura. Our mission at Aura is to give you the tools, namely premium practitioner-grade supplements designed by us and made in TGA licensed facilities in Australia, together with the inspiration and the knowledge for you to take control of your health journey so you can radiate wellness. We want you to be confident of aging well with a clear, personalized and dynamic roadmap for your health and an ability to listen to your body and pay attention to its signals. To find out more about Aura, visit us online at aurahealth.com.au. That's spelt O-R-A health.com.au. Hey guys, Gabe Pereira back here for another episode of Aura's Co-Creating Wellness. This time, it's, um, it's pretty special. We've got Jason Grant. Jason, as you probably already know, is a is a multi-hyphenate creative who is a photographer. He's a designer. He's a stylist. He's a he's an artist. He works with rug brands. He works with paint brands. He's got a homewares collection. He has worked on some iconic motel design projects, and he's just a bloody lovely guy to boot. He and I bonded earlier before this conversation over our mutual nerddom around Star Wars. So, you know, apologies in advance for anyone who's not a Star Wars fan. You are going to hear a little bit of Star Wars nerddom and trivia that you maybe you didn't know, maybe you did, but we make no apologies for that. This is a really, it's a really awesome conversation with Jason around how his principles of positivity, optimism, gratitude permeate and, and are kind of made manifest across his work his approach to manifesting things in his life, the role of health and well-being in how he goes about his life. And of course, we talk a lot about his new book, A Force of Nature, or Force of Nature, which he self-published. He wrote and he took all the, photo- the photographs for himself. Just a really inspiring individual, a very, I have to say this, a down-to-earth, very balanced guy who, in my opinion, has a real sense of who he is and and how he wants to live in the world. So super inspiring, super, super privileged to have these sort of conversations with the likes of Jason. So please enjoy this really interesting conversation with uh, multi-hyphenate creative Jason Grant. Jason, good morning. Hi there. Welcome to Co-Creating Wellness. It's such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. So excited to be here. Thank you so much. So obviously in preparation for this this conversation, I, I included R2-D2 behind me just, just for you. <laughs> I did notice that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I, I have to say, it, it's so rare. I, I think we're living in, in the best of times because if you are a Star Wars nerd or a previous nerd, I think this this has to be the best time in history, right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Can't get enough. <laughs> Tell me about the use of Star Wars figurines in your design. Um, I don't know if I use them in my design, but I do have them in my home. And do I have you? A couple of vintage ones that do make it uh, into 
you know, not necessarily projects, but uh, there is a page in one of my my most recent books where yeah. there's some Star Wars. Figures. I noticed that. I noticed that. Uh, and, and what, they have from, a special spot from, from what era? What What are we talking? Are we talking? Oh, some of them are, are quite old. They're okay. all they're all vintage. Some of them are more recent purchases from eBay. Yeah. I of course had heaps of them as a kid, but of course. Uh, I think I allowed my mum to get rid of them. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> And are you are you a collector in the true sense where you keep them in the packaging and don't don't kind of expose them to light and moisture? No, not that extreme. <laughs> I have them on display, and I kind of like the um, the ones that have a bit of wear and tear. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, do you think just because I've thought a lot about you and this and your kind of experience and background and preparation for this conversation, and I guess top of mind for me is can anyone develop a sense of design? And by anyone, I mean me. Well, I think so, yeah. I mean, for a long time, I kind of didn't think I had my own aesthetic. I guess working, you know, stepping back, I guess, you know, my career started out in working as a stylist in magazines. And I guess in that arena, you're kind of surrounded by a lot of other people that have very strong styles and aesthetics so i didn't really think i had one for a long time but i guess why was that because you felt like you were being derivative or well i guess you know being kind of all those things hard on yourself self-critical imposter syndrome all of those things that i guess i've kind of worked through and done work on um and i guess having the privilege of you know creating a number of books Mm. Um, when Hardy Grant and I first discussed doing my first book, they saw, I guess, what my aesthetic was, and I guess I had kind of stepped into that as well. How did how did they discover you through Instagram, or was there another platform? Um, I guess the story with Hardy Grant is that I kind of sort of knew the two founders of Hardy Grant through a, 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 like a mutual acquaintance. And I told them that I wanted to do a book and then we kind of talked and talked and then I kind of created a concept and presented it to them and they were like, we've been waiting a little too long to see this. <laughs> so I guess I'm really good at kind of manifesting and I guess if you don't ask it, the answer is always no. So I'm always good at asking the question. What's your process for manifesting? Because I've, I've read uh, a, I read a, I read a book recently by a neurologist uh, out of London, and she her premise of the book is that it's it's a scientific process that we're actually wired as human beings to manifest, but it's been yeah, it's been clouded, I reckon, in the last decade by you know write it down, it's immediately going to happen, and we all know now that it's not that simple. Yeah, I guess I'm very in tune, and I guess the process maybe is like see it, believe it, receive it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I do things intuitively as well. So sometimes it's always a tricky thing when people ask about the process because I'm kind of so deeply in it yeah. that I kind of just naturally do it. If someone was doing it for the fir- if, if someone was doing it for the first time, what would they do? How would they approach it? I guess it comes down to confidence as well, and um, you know, feeling wor- feeling your worth. Yeah. So many. Deep, deep things that you know. I guess you know being open to things as well. Yep. 
being yeah. enthusiastic, being focused. I want to, really I want to, I want to double click on that because I think for me, when I was thinking about you and your work, you know, there's these sort of thematic things around positivity, optimism, and I reckon gratitude is something that's not explicitly spoken about, but I think it's a big part of who you are and how you work from what I can observe. Thank you. I really appreciate that. How, it's nice when did, people how... <laughs> view from outside. I guess when you're in it, sometimes it's hard to see it. No, it's 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 very it's very clear. I mean, you can you can see it just in in how you how you do everything almost. Um, what what are these what do these characteristics mean to you? Because it's it's hard in November 2023 to always remain optimistic and positive. Yeah, I mean, I guess. The last, you know, the last couple of years have been challenging. I yeah. guess specifically, yeah. I live in Byron Bay, so we've had not only a pandemic, we've had bushfires and floods. And I guess what keeps me optimistic is people's resilience and people's, you know, um, people looking after people. Yeah. I guess when times are tough, it really shows people at their best or their worst. Yeah. And hopefully yeah. it's at their best. And we've got a mutual friend, Erin Lovell Veranda, who I think is a is an archetype of that sort of person, isn't she? Yeah, hundred percent. Love those guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and continues to do it. I mean, whether it's in her work or whether it's in her writing or her books. Yeah, and I guess it's finding like minded people mm. that are on the mm. same wavelength that kind of share that energy, share that kind of sense of high vibrations, if you want to call it that. I feel like. You know, we we attract what we desire, I guess. And, yeah. you know, meeting yeah. people like Erin just, you know, happened naturally through her knowing some people that I know. So I feel like when you find those people, it kind of makes life better. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, you're, so you're, you're originally from Launceston and Taz and you've, and you've kind of spent your childhood in nature and now you're in Byron. And I've always reflected on, because I think Yong and I, many times particularly when we travel to, to your area we're like oh life would be so much better here you know <laughs> it's so much easier it's a pretty to magical place <laughs> it is and... but how, how much of how much of your i guess how much of your perspective is is your environment and how much of 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 it is uh, you know intrinsic to you well i guess what i liked about byron the first time i came here it reminded me a lot of childhood nature yeah in Tasmania, like the bush, the beach, the coast, which I guess is all intrinsic to kind of my aesthetic, my style, my lifestyle. Yeah. And, you know, coming to Byron, you know, it's Byron is many things and it's perceived to be many things. And I think at the core, it's just a magical, beautiful, natural environment that happens to be the most easterly point of Australia. Yeah. Which I've, that's part of the magic. There's something there, isn't there? Yeah, and I guess, you know, the first time I came to Byron was shooting my second book, um, Away at Home, Holiday at Home, um, with Lauren Bamford, the photographer. I remember it. I remember it. Yeah, and we came here to shoot um, with a person that I hadn't met. We came to shoot at the Atlantic, and I met Kimberly um, Amos and Stephen Amos um, that own the Atlantic, and literally yep. I walked first day down the driveway of the Atlantic and I said to her I'm going to move here <laughs> and eventually eventually I did um you know it's just for me it's nature and you ask the question does my environment um affect me and I th think I'm constantly 
affected and inspired and um, enjoy being in nature. Could, could there be Jason Grant 2023 edition outside of Byron, do you think? Uh, it's hard to imagine myself anywhere else. Yep. I mean, for a long time I have toyed with the idea of like the US and Los Angeles, but I guess those kind of plans changed. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know. Because there's, there's actually, I mean, I may have this totally wrong, there's hints of Los Angeles um, in your aesthetic. Yeah, I guess um, a lot of the things that I work on, I guess um, things like the Blue Water Motel in mm. Kingscliff that I worked on, I guess it's not really particularly an, an American accent but um, or American kind of style, but I guess the concept of a motel is intrinsically has that kind of California cool it does. undertone that I've always been attracted to. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of California. I'm overdue for a trip back there. But, um, yeah, <laughs> where, I, I guess. Where do you where do you go when you travel to California? Because obviously, not all California is is created equal. Oh, I just love um, Venice, yeah. LA. You know, all that kind of fun part of Hollywood. I feel like, you know, because there's such a big film industry in LA. I love that there's so many interesting businesses that survive based on whether it's one big job or one small job for a film that kind of keeps those industries alive. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I guess everyone goes to LA to make it happen and, you know, to become famous or to be successful. So I kind of feel like that energy is pretty cool as well. It is. What is, what are some films that have, that have shaped your, your worldview and your aesthetic? Oh, that's, (laughs) I mean, I guess we're touching back onto Star Wars again as well. I guess I've always liked. (laughs) I always wanted to get back there. (laughs) I guess the original trilogy captivated my imagination on so many levels and I love that kind of mythology and symbology of like good and evil. Yep. The good guys are kind of natural and light and organic and bad guys are kind of dark and sinister and metallic. Yeah. I like those underlying kind of themes. Actually that's the first that's the first time I've thought about it. So the Jedi generally wear these very organic fabrics and yeah, <laughs> you know, don't don't have a huge amount of armor, or as you say, not a lot of technology besides you know the, the lightsaber. I guess. Yeah. How interesting. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest films that's influenced my way of thinking. I'm glad that we can we can admit that to one another. <laughs> one Star Wars nerd to another. Exactly. No, because I'm I'm exactly the same, and I think. Um, What's been fascinating for me with with having kids is just seeing their whole perspective on Star Wars, first <laughs> gen, second gen, third gen, and what it means. And to I guess them. also for me, it's kind of like learning about how they made those first three totally. films. It was very, very progressive and very like they were creating ways and technology to create those films. Correct. And I don't know if have you ever seen, sorry to go nerding out for a second, but have you seen that so many of the, the scenes from Empire, for example, were hand-painted? Yeah, it's like wild. I love spiraling oh, into all of those behind the scenes. Yeah, me too. The making and, yeah, it's yeah, equally exciting. Because there was no CGI, right? So the yeah. extremely limited CGI. So everything was literally lots a of piece, models it was a piece of art of, yeah. or a model. Yeah. Yeah. And the end result, like, you know, in the late seventies, early eighties, you wouldn't 90s. know. Yeah, it's very well done. Yeah, no, I agree. 
Um, but what, what is, I mean, that's a beautiful segue. So what does Star Wars have us have to teach us about our relationship with nature? Well, I guess, you know, I feel like this, this underlying kind of thing from the original films, there's a lot of about kind of believing in yourself. It's kind of like everyone has the power. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being open to adventure. Um, yeah. I'm due for a rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably due as well. It's been a, yeah, I feel like a, it's kind of like this time of the year is always a good time. Actually, that's true. Hey, the end of the year. The nostalgia yeah. of school holidays over Christmas and I'm watching them on I'm video over and over. And I'm over. with you. I'm with you. I had the, so here's a, sorry, we are going to stop talking about Star Wars in a sec. I had, I had the record of Return of the Jedi as a kid. And, um, and I, I think I memorized chunks of dialogue. <laughs> 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 so I would sit in the and just, and just play the record. The <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the concepts that I'm really fascinated by is is taking these these ancient disciplines like Vastu Shastra and Feng Shui and and just how sincere the practitioners of those disciplines were about the role of design and architecture on our health or our health and well being. You're so familiar with the principles of natural health from your own life and, you know, the environment you live in. How do you, what do you see the role of design or in wellness? Or how do you see the role well, of design to, in wellness? Yeah. I guess to me, how I define what I do is I like to make feel good spaces. Yeah. I kind of feel like, um, yes, it's great to make spaces that look amazing. and um, But I kind of feel like, you know, using colors, materials, and just the overall design of a space, a really successful space is something that makes people feel, you know, feels, makes them feel great. Yeah. And I guess making spaces that are kind of magnetic, you know, if you're working on a business, whether it's a store or whether it's a, a cafe, I feel like, you know, all the choices of how things look, it should be desirable. Mm. And I feel like some people notice those ingredients and then other people just subconsciously respond to them without yeah. realizing so you know design is really important because it can make people feel you know it can you know a great space can improve someone's day totally yeah totally and what what, is, what are some of the principles of natural health that you that you live on a daily basis now because i know you're you're into herbs you're into you know yeah. the outdoors obviously well, I guess nature is like a big uh, way of like de-stressing or just having time out. So I do spend, you know, lots of, well, not lots, but I guess quality time in nature is very beneficial, whether it's a, a walk in the bush, walk yeah. on the beach, a swim, all of those things. I feel like just having that downtime, I feel is important being someone that is quite busy, which I hate that word busy, but I guess someone that has a lot, that does a lot, I yeah. guess it's probably a better way of putting it. And it's kind of a good way of reminding myself that I do do a lot. Yeah. So it's important to also do the opposite and actually just have that quiet time of like, you know, being in nature that kind of quietens everything. Mm. I mean, I've read, I've read some of the interviews with you and, you know, you make the point that when you show up for work, you show up and you're in it, but you need to then, as you say, take that break and step away and, do do nothing productive, quote unquote. Yeah. 
I'm pretty much either on or off. And when I'm on, I, I give like a hundred percent. Yeah. Sometimes 200%. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just import, feel like it's important to be fully focused. And then also the opposite. I feel like when you are, you know, working and it's exhausting, you need to balance it out as relaxation is like an important ingredient in the mm. success. Tell me about the new book. I know it's you were saying in our previous conversation that it's it's your first self-published work. Yeah, it's the first one that I've self-published, and it's the first one that I've actually photographed as well. Yeah, because I've been I've been studying some of your photographs, and your work is amazing, man. Thank you. I, I don't really like to call myself a photographer, but I have learnt to take a better photo, and that's kind of out of necessity and also enjoyment as well. Mm. Yeah, it's a beautiful medium. I guess I kind of. You know, one of the things I love as a part of my day is creative play. Yeah. And I guess that's yeah. developed from being a stylist. And I guess when I worked and first started in magazines, I actually learned how to be a stylist from working with really great photographers. So yep. I guess how I see a frame or a composition is probably much more in a as a composition as a photographer would sit as opposed to a group of merchandise or objects. It's kind of how everything works in the frame. So I guess yeah. that's kind of always been my eye. So, yeah. But I can, and I I guess, can see that know, even, I can even see that in your Instagram tiles. Like it's just, it's very obvious that there's a photographer, there's a photographer's brain at work in framing the shot. And I mean, most of like what you see, I mean, it's considered, but also it's not labored over. It's not, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's just like very quick, quick setups thrown together that i tweak that I yeah. find appealing and then that's when it's captured I guess that's how I like to roll in like a very yeah I mean my, my observation is it feels everything I see of yours online it feels like a real person could live in it yeah I love that and yeah. I guess it's so easy for things to feel tortured and over considered and totally yes I like that ease of um living and yeah. just yeah. being I guess relaxed so what are the takeaways from the book that you want people to to kind of obviously go out and buy the book, the book, you guys. Um, but, well, I guess, I guess the big thing for me is my two favorite things are nature and creativity, and those combined, I guess, are what you know fuels and it, it inspires what I do. I'm pretty fortunate that I get to kind of live my best creative life. Yeah, and I mean the book is heavy on images, mm. and then the back third there's kind of a cross section of like, I guess, tips and ideas and how I, how I like to do things. So yeah. I guess with all my books, I just really like to encourage people to actually start and get involved. And, you know, it's not really about perfection. It's about enjoyment and, you know, it's not the destination. It's the journey of getting somewhere and enjoying life and, you know, work and all that mixed together. How do you find time for creative play? I kind of tr um, try to make it part of every day. Okay. And sometimes if I'm having like, if I'm overwhelmed or feeling like I have too much going on, I just step away and kind of make, create, or just play with, with things and, you know, step away from. So what would you do practically? Like, would that mean just picking up your camera and walking outside or? Yeah, I guess I feel like it's seeing things. Sometimes, you know, in my studio, I just kind of make like a style kind of vignette. 
arrangement. Sometimes that's just with things. I guess sometimes I just see the light in the studio is hitting something really beautifully and it's just like a captured moment. It can be that simple. I love it. So it's not, like, it's, not a, it's not a scheduled thing? No, I don't really go up from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. today. <laughs> I'm going to do that. And I, I guess in terms of my workflow scenario, I guess I'm a man of like lots of lists. I have like a daily list of um, what I need to get done that's yep. urgent, things like deadlines, things like scheduling when I'm on a podcast. Yeah, for example. <laughs> just so I, well, it's just like knowing what my day is. And then I guess when I have different, um, I then also um, have working lists for it's happening on those projects as well. Yeah. How do you, because you collaborate a lot. How do you, how do you manage those collaborations? Um, I guess working with clients on projects, there's always timelines and I guess lists and requirements that need to be done. And I guess a lot of the time I kind of drive that yeah. in partnership yeah. with who I'm working on. You know, is that, is that your natural inclination to manage, manage projects like that? Or is that something you've had to uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm a control freak, but I do like to kind of be in charge yep. um, and drive things. But also I love work. You know, the exciting thing is that I get to work with so many interesting, different people. Yeah. So yeah. that keeps things exciting as well. I think, I mean, it's been, it's been fascinating to sort of observe your career over the years. And, you know, I, I cause I think I started following you when you, when you guys were still in Bondi and um, you, you know, your, your, your aesthetic has evolved, but also, your, I want to say your legacy has become much larger because of your books and your project work. Um, you know, I look, yeah, at some of the, I, mean, I look at some of the buildings you've worked on and they're beautiful. Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess, um, I mean, it's quite funny, especially with the Blue Water Motel. Yeah. I, ask any of my friends for a long time. I kept saying I'd really like to work on a motel as Did a project. You? Literally, I guess I spoke that. Was was that the California influence on you, do you reckon? Or I guess traveling to the US and seeing super cool um retro yeah. motels yeah. and hotels. I mean it's you know it's such a great experience being Because it's it's a thing space. now, isn't it? I mean we stayed in yeah. a, a place called Kaya in the in Blackheath in the Blue Mountains over the weekend. And that that was very Jason Grant esque in terms of aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I guess um, I'm working on a new motel project, The Shores, um, up in Miami, it's called. And of all the places I've drawn inspiration from, it's um, actually come from Melrose Place. Which is an incredible again, show. Do you remember that show? Holy crap. That was It was world-shaping, that show. It was such a long time ago. But um, yeah. I guess that whole kind of um, Spanish-style um, yeah. architecture yeah. Yeah. But not, but not over the top. Like not to the point where it becomes a caricature. It's, it's, it's pretty elegant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the mood board for that project was a lot of images um, of the cast and the building. For yeah, it was like I don't really like to kind of show other people's work as a reference for what we're going to do. So showing the client a mood board of Morrow's place was pretty much how I. And were job. they were they of the generation that grew up watching Melrose? Yeah, they and they kind of um, were like um, they totally got it, like exactly what I was trying to express. 
<laughs> you think how many people are influenced by that show and 90210, of course, which ran around the same yeah. time. But Melrose Place you know, was, the, was the more sophisticated viewing. Yeah, it got a little, a little crazier and crazier, but it was definitely the sophisticated one. <laughs> they should have stopped it. Well, I don't know how many seasons they did, but like season one and two, I think, were fantastic. <laughs> I'm not sure I was allowed to watch it as a kid. I think my parents kind of forbade it based on content. <laughs> it was on kind of late, I think. It was, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so the book's out. Where, where to from here? What's next for you? Uh, looking forward to the end of the year and having a little bit of time off. Are you going away? Not going away. It's kind of one of those great times to appreciate living here in Byron. Yeah, totally. And still kind of dipping in and dipping out, I guess. I don't live right in town, so yep. I'm lucky that it, it kind of is a bit quieter where I am. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just enjoying the summer. It's always a great time of it is. Any any incredible uh, then, any you know, new people, projects coming up for 2024? Well, I'm just working on the motel in Miami. Um, I do a rug collection with Harley Rugs from Melbourne. And we okay. have the second collection of our um, rugs coming out, which um, are made from recycled ocean plastic. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that, but, you know, we'll see what the new ho- year holds. I'm how do they? How do they feel underfoot? Uh, well, they're like a flat weave rug, so okay. similar to wool. Okay. But I guess the great things about these rugs is that they're indoor and outdoor. Yep. And literally, yep. because they're made from recycled plastic, you can literally hose them down to keep They'd them be weatherproof. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Interesting. I, I can't imagine an outdoor rug. It kind of looks like wool, but it feels a little bit more um, sturdy. Okay, amazing. Tell me about your wellness routines personally. So I know you take supplements. What do you, what do you take? Well, I, I, you know, I guess the discovery of Aura was when I was unwell a while back, Erin mentioned a couple of products. And I guess the one that I literally take every day is the organic green superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Powder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my daily as well. Yeah. So um, I have that every day with pineapple juice because I kind of ah, like the combination. I like that. Um, and I guess of, of late, I've actually coming up to five months of actually not drinking coffee. Interesting. Yeah. How I was that process of, for you? Oh, it's life-changing. I mean, it's such an interesting thing that it was, you know, I've realized it was a habit that wasn't really a conscious decision. It was just everyone else drinks coffee. I drink yeah. coffee. Yeah. I never really thought about it. And since not having coffee, I've mentioned to, to a couple of people that I've seen that live in different places. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't had coffee for a couple of months. And people are like, oh, yeah, I haven't had coffee for 10 years. And I'm like, why am I so late to the party? I just feel 100% more clear, calm. Do you? Okay. Less, less okay. anxious. Okay. Um, the okay. feeling of not having coffee makes it desirable to not drink coffee. Yeah. Okay. And what what was your process for getting off coffee? Uh, asking for a friend. <laughs> uh, I just actually, you know, before I've not had coffee and I've had like headaches and yep. withdrawals from stuff. But I had a flu and I kind of basically didn't drink coffee for like three weeks. Okay. And then just thought, hmm, I might try not drinking coffee. And then the longer I, it's kind of like how my brain works is why I kind of like a challenge to myself. Yeah. Um, and the longer I didn't drink coffee, it was more of a challenge to not drink coffee. And 
yeah, just the feeling I how I feel a hundred hundred percent more clear from not drinking coffee. Did you did you have withdrawals or you were you were straight into it? Uh, I guess the withdrawals were whilst I was unwell, so you didn't feel um, as much, I guess. Yeah, so yeah, and I d- actually don't miss. Yeah, I had my first decaf um a couple of weeks ago, which was interesting. <laughs> but I guess I haven't really replaced that daily. You know, I would have coffee at the same cafe every morning. At yeah, the same it's time. a routine. Kind of started my day as a routine, so I haven't really changed that routine or replace that with you know i have um dandelion chais um at a a cafe nearby as well but just kind of occasionally it's not really like an everyday scenario yeah i've thought about it that's kind of a bit of a crutch well i feel like i actually just liked the ritual and Mm. the routine um of that but yeah definitely don't miss coffee yeah cool because one of the things I've been trying to cut out as well is is alcohol or, or certainly cut right back on. Um, yeah, I guess uh, what happened during the pandemic is everyone was kind of at home drinking more. Yes. <laughs> I definitely drink substantially less than I used to. And I guess it's all things moderation. I yeah. prefer to, to eat, drink, and consume quality over quantity. So yeah. if I'm going to have an, an alcoholic drink, I want it to be a really good one. Totally. And you find that, I mean, not, not our yeah. generation, but the Gen Zs are, are taking that perspective on consumption a little bit more than yeah. I think our generation did, which is incredible. Um, you know, they're, it's a they're good headspace to not, be in. Totally. They're not, they're not doing the how cheap can I get my vodka, how cheap can I get my beer perspective. <laughs> yeah. Which is no bad thing at all. Um, so lessons, lessons, I guess, for our audience. So our audience, as you know, they're pretty switched on, um, you know. They're they're very motivated around their health and well being. What what would be, I guess, three three top lessons you'd want to leave people with? Uh, I guess the most important thing is like to look after yourself. Like, you know, it's really important. You can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. So I guess to really look after yourself is number one. I mean, I guess number two is kind of going to be really obvious but spend time in nature it's like the ultimate reset it gives me clarity um helps with my creativity helps me keep calm um and maybe the third is just um you know everything in moderation Mm. yeah including moderation (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly Well, thank you. Thank you, know, you so much. Is, yeah, go, please. Yeah, I try not to take things too seriously as well. Like, there are serious things that need serious attention, but I guess I'm kind of, I always, I guess, try to see the good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that, as I said earlier, that's manifest in your work and, and your approach. So thank you. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. Great chat. Thanks everyone for joining us today. It was great having you along for this conversation. We know your time is valuable and we appreciate the gift of your attention. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and a review. This helps other people like you find us. Remember, you can learn more about Aura Health by going to aurahealth.com.au and find Aura on your favorite social media platforms. I'm Gabe Pereira and this is co-creating wellness.